This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Take a drink of the Holy Spirit before you sit down. Drink. God is a person, but you take him into your being just like a drink of water. His spirit brings faith, conviction, dignity. It's his spirit in you that causes us to remember we're God's children. The Spirit causes an Abba Daddy cry. It's the Spirit that keeps it relational, family, intimate. And even the, the word Abba keeps it childlike. Don't get too sophisticated. The Spirit will make you keep it childlike. God, we love you. We love you. Thank you for being a good daddy. Amen. Why don't you smile at someone near you, say yabba dabba do, give them a high five and take a seat. Turn around, Morris dance a little, anything else you can think of doing. Want to thank you, Ben, that was great. You know, it's, it's one of the pieces in, in my life. I think I would love to become sophisticated. Uh, you know, so I'll, I'll, I'll be talking to God going, Lord and Father. And God will say things like, call me Daddy. And I'm like, but God, that's not very sophisticated. He says, yes, exactly. And I don't know about you, as a, as, a, as, a, as a young man in ministry, I'd love to end up with a business card that says, man of God, lion tamer on it. Do you know what I mean? Something cool like that. And God says, no, 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 I want you to be childlike your whole life. I think we need to demystify the things of the Spirit, amen? And uh, remember that it's all about enjoying God. Uh, in fact, this year, um, at the beginning of the year, I felt God saying to me that it was a year to renew the sense of priesthood. Uh, we can act as prophet, we can act as, pre uh, 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 as king, uh, but we must never forget that we're called to stand before God's throne and love him. And it unlocks incredible things. Your relationship with God is so, so powerful. Amen? Well, a few little uh, books. I've got a new book literally out this week called The Leadership Quest. And um, I've been in ministry 30 years, but the last 12 or 13 now, I've been leading uh, a multi-site church in Hull. We're, in, uh, we're just planting our eighth site across Hull in East Yorkshire. And we're a mad lot. It's pretty chaotic, but we're out to see people saved. Anybody want that for their area? And so my journey has been very much, my background is in worship leading. My preference is prophetic. Um, and then God calls me to lead. And then as a, as a, a leader friend of a very good, large uh, church, as I sat down kind of garnering advice from him, he said, you know what? Prophetic people tend not to lead large churches. And it's true because there's a tension there between ministry and leadership. Uh, ministry and leadership are not the same thing. And many people that move in the spirit like I love to often find in life as they build churches and ministries, they're trying to fix leadership problems with ministry gifts. 
And you often find your church goes a bit wrong when you do that. They're very, very different. And so this book, The Leadership Quest, is all about my journey to just get better at leadership. Our church, it, when I took it on, it doubled quite quickly, which was fun. Great. And then it plateaued for quite a long time. And I said, God, what's the problem? We were doing fine. And God said to me, Jared, you're a great minister. Well done. But you're a lousy leader. I thought, thank you, Daddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I've had to learn, and I am still learning with big L plates on, how to be a better leader. And uh, leadership is a gift just like prophecy. And uh, that is divine in heaven, and we can get better and better on it. So this is my journey. And in this particular book, there's things like how to lead wisely with marriage and with your family, um, the difference between leadership and ministry, fixing unhappy teams. Ever led an unhappy team? Me too. My word, Lord, help us. I've got one here. When introverts pastor. Any introverted pastors here? You're going to need help, just like me. I'm an introvert. Um, enduring tough seasons. Leaving a lasting legacy. Stuff like a leader's devotional life. Is there a leader here, and you've taken on a church, you're leading it, and you've been leading for a year or less in this room? Come on. It's for you then, dude. There you go, buddy. There you go, matey. Bless you. Take care, buddy. Where are you leading? Grimsby. We, so we've got a, a, a conference in Grimsby in September. We're going to be doing leadership training all day. Then I think we're going to take Grimsby Minster in the evening and just have, we call them boom. That's a, no, we don't publicly call them boom, but meetings where it just goes, oh, okay, God's in the house. Love to see you in Grimsby, mate, when we're there. Really, really good. And... Um, uh, so that's leadership stuff. There's another one here. A couple of books by my wife. My gorgeous wife is at the back. We've written a series of books on called Believe and Confess. And this one's for kids. And it's about how to use the word of God to fight the battles of your life. And uh, we're just finding that some of our kids are getting this even better than the adults. So this, we did an adult version. And this one is for kind of seven to ten-year-olds, I would guess. And it's prayers that get our mind back on the word of God. And my son was going through some nightmares and stuff like that. He's 10 years old now. And we taught him how to pray a prayer to chase away his fears, right? Uh, and so my wife, Vicky, she wrote up the prayer. Then she wrote a few more. And, and we started to put them out there free, free for some kids that we knew were having troubles. And within a couple of weeks, we got an amazing testimony. A seven-year-old that was experiencing suicidal thoughts. What kind of planet are we on, Right but took the prayer and began to confess the prayer every night before going to sleep. Within, I think it was a week, that suicidal spirit had gone and now living free. I don't know about you. There are lots of adults that need to stand up and not believe everything they think and get their minds back around the word of God. So this one's for kids. Anybody here with a kid having nightmares at the moment? At the back there, come on then, it's for you. And... Uh, there you go. And then there's, there's an even younger one written by my son, which has got pictures in it for the kind of, I don't know, three to six sort of age range. And it tells the same story. It's got the prayer at the back and it's helping kids too. And then my wife's just written this book. This has just come out this week as well. A Fusion of Humanity and Divinity. Probably our greatest journey is to grasp the fact of how broken we are and yet what divine potential we have. Anybody feel that tension? that you have the capacity for incredible power and incredible dignity and incredible strength, and yet you can also be a plonker. <laughs> any, anybody on my planet? Oh, you all want the book. Okay, well, you need to get her book. It's, it's, I, will, I will give it away, but I'm just deciding prophetically who to give it to at the moment. You know, 
See, I discovered this a long time ago. Just because you, you're a man of God and can perform a miracle one minute, it doesn't stop you being a complete egotistical idiot the next. Because we're all dealing with this tension of, of, of divinity hitting humanity. And of course, if you go down the one route where you ignore the fact that you're broken and think because you can perform a miracle, there isn't also areas of brokenness that you're going to be fixing till you die. Do you know Wesley died wishing his prayer life was better? Work with me, okay? The, the, the journey that we're on genuinely is all the potential of heaven filling these broken vessels that are learning to rise to the dignity of their sonship in Christ. And so that's what this book's about. It begins with the story of Elvis Presley, who got chucked out of an Assemblies of God church. I'm allowed to say it. I'm an Assemblies of God minister. But Elvis Presley, he had a passion for God. Um, he moved in word of knowledge. He, he prayed for one of his backing singers who got cancer and they got healed. And some of the things, you, you often see pictures of, and videos of him singing things like, how great thou art. But did you know that when people would have banners that said, Elvis is the king, sometimes he'd stop and he'd say, no, Jesus is the king. I'm just a singer. He died in the night of his death. In his brokenness, he was saying to his manager, we need Christ. Just like Elvis, we're all broken and divine all at the same time somehow. He never reconciled what was going on in his soul, and the church couldn't cope with him either. We need to get better at the fusion of humanity and divinity. Who wants this one? There you go, lady. It's yours. Bless you. That's Vicky's book there. Uh, and then lastly, any birthdays today? This week? Okay, at the back there. This is a little USB drive. Looks like a little, I don't know little tablet of some sort. You open it up. It's got 120 teachings on it, so you're getting the best prize of all. It's got 120 half-hour teachings on it, four books, and something else. A couple of worship albums, I think. Because um, I wrote that song in royal robes you don't deserve. I told you earlier, didn't I? But you all think I only ever wrote one song. This proves I wrote more than one song. Okay? You stick it in your computer. It's like a Bible school for your pocket, mate. All right? Bless you. God's with you. But you can have a look at those as USB drives there and, uh, and stuff like that. Right, are you ready for the preach? Enough announcements. To, in this last session, I want to talk about one of the greatest frustrations for spirit-filled believers. And it's this. How do I move from presence, which we feel, we feel God. We've had it this morning. Um, some feel God, some feel overwhelmed by God. Our reaction is we tremble, we feel breathless, we feel overcome by God. Anybody feel God's presence this morning? Isn't it lovely? How do I move from presence to power? Because one of the most common things for spiritual Christians is I feel God. I can feel this divinity filling me, the power. We sing songs like, we're more than conquerors. My old Bible school lecturer used to say, Christians don't tell lies, they just sing them in their songs. You know, we're more than conquerors, and we get the flu every winter. Was it Adrian Plass that wrote in, in one of his books about, come on, we're full of God. So he'd get a paperclip and put it on a table. In Jesus' name, I command you, paperclip, to move. And nothing happened. And, and I've done stuff like that, and I thought, well, I'll fast and pray. I'll shun die a little bit more, do you know what I mean? And I'll pace up and down like a good man of God. And you, and you think, come on, God's in me. The Bible's real. And you pray for that paperclip to move in the name of Jesus. And you think if you wobble your voice like a Pentecostal, it might help. Jesus, Jesus. And the flipping paperclip won't move. 
I meet Christians all the time that feel God's might and presence, but don't know how to shift a headache. And if you live in that unreality long enough, the things of the Spirit become fake and hypocritical to you, and you give up on the Spirit. We must learn how to connect from the internal sense of the presence of God to how does that come out of me in kingdom power. That's what I'm going to teach you this afternoon. Is that all right? We'll go for about half an hour, then we're going to do it. Growl at someone near you. Okay, so the secret to moving from presence to power is actually, you won't believe this, Morris dancing. No, it isn't. I'm just making sure you're awake. Don't know about you. I'm full of chocolate cake right now. So I could fall down in the spirit and just lie there. In uh, in 1994, I'd been in ministry four years and I was already burnt out. You know, going everywhere, doing everything, trying to keep up with all these men of God. And I was I was exhausted. I loved God. Have you ever got there? I loved God, but the Bible It was like looking at a big bowl of Jacob's cream crackers and being told to eat them all without any water. You're just like, yeah, but... And then when you open it, it's Leviticus. I mean, why is it even there? Leviticus. Mildew in the walls, infectious skin diseases. Are you kidding me, God? How boring. And then you go to numbers, and it's even worse. It's full of numbers. Just something... I was exhausted, and the Bible was like, I loved God, but the people, not so much. I think this must be in Adrian Plass as well, but I knew the feeling. I wanted to buy a log cabin by a Canadian lake, get a really big dog and teach it to bite charismatics. You know what I mean? I just, I did not want to be around Christians. I loved God, but I was exhausted internally. And then I remember November 1994 going up to a little meeting in Sunderland. Anybody remember all that was going on in 1994? Well, so this was my take on it. Here was this burnt-out young worship leader. And I found myself in this little meeting in Sunderland. And I'd heard God was moving. Some of it was quite controversial. Some of it really wasn't. And there was the, the preacher preached, whatever he preached, I can't remember it. And then there was this altar call. And I was just so hungry, I would have responded to anything. I just knew I needed God. So I went to the front, as did loads of other people. This little old lady prayed for me, and nothing happened, in particular that night. That was a Saturday night. Sunday morning, I was leading worship in the little church that I was part of just developing. And in the middle of communion, the Holy Spirit hit me and I fell off the piano stool, lay under the piano laughing in the Holy Spirit. I lay there laughing and I was, can I use this phrase? Is it culturally okay? I was drunk in the Spirit. Is that not on whiskey? I just felt overwhelmed by the presence of God for 10 days. For 10 days, I lay on the carpet. I was completely useless. I was supposed to be running a department within the college. And uh, I just lay on the carpet, thankfully, because it was a Christian Bible college. I could get away with this. And staff would come up to me and go, so we need a decision on, uh, on this. And I go, I don't care. I just love Jesus. <laughs> I was overwhelmed by the Spirit of God, seven, eight, nine, ten days. If I'm honest, about three days into it, having never experienced the electricity of God so intensely for so long, I was thinking, good heavens, I'm going to be Reinhard when I get up from this. I was literally thinking, get me a white suit and a quiff. Come on, Benny, hallelujah. I was practicing in my head, hallelujah. I'm sure when Benny gets up, he stands at the bottom of his bed, puts out his arms, and that white suit jumps on him like Iron Man. Do you know what I mean? Hallelujah. So I'm, I'm lying on the floor thinking, good, I have never, 
known the intense power and presence of God like in that dreams, visions, a sense of his presence. And I'm thinking, oh my Lord, look out, revival, here I come. I think I might as well just go to the morgue and just get everybody raised because I had never felt the power of God so intensely. After 10 days, it started to die down. I finally dusted myself off, got up and started to be a little bit normal. And I'm thinking, right, here we go. And I want to tell you, this is what happened after 10 days of intense outpouring of the Holy Spirit in my life. Do you want to know? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Okay, I was refreshed and I was back in love with God, but not a single, single, teensy-weensy ounce of power came out of me. I mean, I'd be in Asda at the till buying my, I don't know, whatever I would have been buying at 24, macaroni and cheese probably. And I'd be there and I'm, I'm, I'm just so full of God, I can feel him. I'm ready to fall on the floor just in the, in the aisle. And I'm there with the till cashier, whatever they're called, giving them my money. And inside, I'm thinking, oh, can you not feel the anointing as I hand you my five pounds? Come on, let me just linger. And we're there back and forth with it. Can't you feel it? Can't you feel it? Nothing. Not a diddly squat. Ten intense days in the presence of God, overwhelmed by such a sense of his presence and not a single ounce of power in my life. It's then that I learned being filled is not enough. I want you to all say that. Being filled is not enough. Tell it to the person next to you. Being filled is not enough. Let's do it another way. Tell them goosebumps are not enough. See, I began to, this, this, this troubled me, God, to feel you so intensely, but it made no difference to my outside world troubles me. What is it? And I went on this journey. Do you know, even Jesus, if you track, I won't do it thoroughly, but you go and read Luke 3 and 4 this week. About Luke 3 verse 21, 22, you find Jesus is baptized at the Jordan. Do you know the peace? Voice come from heaven. This is my son whom I love and all that kind of stuff. And it says Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit at the Jordan. But then he says, you go through a genealogy, then at the beginning of Luke 4, it says, and then he was led by the Spirit into the desert. And then after the desert, it says, then he came back in the power of the Spirit. He had to go from infilling to being led, which brought him into power. The place of power in the Spirit is not so much in our infilling. In the infilling, just like Jesus, we tend to sense the approval of God, the love of God. Oh, here's my son whom I love. Don't you love it when God turns up and you go, oh, everything's okay with the world. He loves me. I can feel his love for me. But do you know what? It's until we start being led. It's when we start being led that the power of God is released in our lives. There's a little verse in the book of Isaiah. See if you can turn to it. Isaiah 63. I want us to learn something about the Holy Spirit. We have to go from being filled to being led. Because the power of God is released in the leading. Somebody say amen. We have to go from being filled to being led. Because the power of God is released 
as we're led by him. So it becomes a relationship, not an experience or a goosebump or a feeling. doesn't matter what the reaction is to the Spirit. Some people feel a lot. Some people feel very little. In a sense, that doesn't really matter. What matters is, can I hear the voice of God and begin to adventure with Him? If I could break the life of the Spirit, the prophetic, the kingdom of God, all the things that we want to do, revival, if I could break it down to one phrase, it's this. When you begin to live the adventure of the voice of God, that's when everything begins to break open. It's all, not in the goosebump, not in the feeling, it's all in the voice. When we begin to grasp the voice of God and maybe just do what Jesus did, John 5, I think around about verse 19, Jesus did what he saw his father doing. And suddenly, boom, there's kingdom power. Listen to this gorgeous verse. It's an unusual verse, but I'm going to use it today to teach us something. Isaiah 63 verse 9 says this, In all their distress, he, that's God, too was distressed. Now listen to this phrase. And the angel of his presence saved them. Oh, I love that phrase. Say it with me. The angel of his presence. The angel. It, doesn't, it doesn't mean that God's presence is literally an angel with wings fluttering around. If you go down to the root of the word, it just means this. It's the messenger of his presence. I want you to grasp this when the Spirit of God is moving in our lives. God's presence is a messenger. God's presence is a postman. And while many believe and feel and react as if, well, the main thing that matters is, I just feel overwhelmed. I've just been touched by the Spirit of God. I can feel God. I don't believe that's the main part of the presence of God. The main function of the presence of God is to carry the voice of God to you. So when you grasp the voice in the presence, things begin to happen. How do you move from presence to power? You begin to, instead of lie there going, this feels amazing. Actually, the first thing on a mature Christian's mind is this. So what are you saying, Lord? Come on, work with me. Not, oh, this feels amazing. Wow, it's awesome. It does. And I get there in the early stages. It's like that. But at some point, you have to click into maturity and go, okay, God, yes, this feels amazing. What are you saying? Because the presence amplifies the voice and clarifies the voice and brings the multimedia of heaven. He's communicating. If I had laid on the floor those 10 days and said, okay, God, speak to me and I'll begin to obey you, then presence and kingdom would have begun to break out. But if we lie there just enjoying the feeling, we'll never grow to the place of power. The messenger of his presence saved them. Here's an interesting phrase. Let's see how we do with it. You will struggle to truly know God and grow in God until you know his voice. Let me say it again. You will struggle to know God and grow in God until you know his voice. 1 Samuel 3. Just listen to these two verses. It says of Samuel, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Do you know the bit that we're talking about there? Here's young Samuel. It says, listen to this phrase. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Literally, that phrase means there was no great pouring forth of the voice of God to the people of God. And it was a time of curse and difficulty. 
Then a few verses later on, 1 Samuel 3 verse 7, listen to this phrase. Now Samuel, who's a young boy working in the temple, did not yet know the Lord. Listen to this. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. He didn't know God because he didn't know God's voice. He didn't know God because he didn't know God's word. Here's the question about what brings us to maturity in God. The word of God brings us to a place where, right, now I'm on the adventure of hearing his voice, stepping out with him, and it's the place where kingdom, power, and impact, all the adventures of God happen here. I think sometimes we get taken up with here. But guys, take a step over here. Say, okay, God, what matters is, what are you saying? That verse that he did not yet know the Lord, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Literally, one translation puts it this way. Come on, this is gorgeous. Listen to this. He had not yet been carried away by the voice of God. Somebody, somewhere. He had not yet been carried away by the voice of God. Have you been carried away by the voice yet? Don't get carried away by the falling and the trembling and the goosebumps. That's not where it's at. You'll be falling for the drug of approval over there. Enjoy it for a moment. But then like Jesus, walk over here and go, lead me. Let the voice of God carry me away into adventures in God. He had not yet been carried away. I love the verse in Genesis when it talks about the voice of God walking in the cool of the day. That's how one translation puts it. How do Adam and Eve experience God? The voice of God walking in the cool of the day. What are you walking with? If you walk with the voice, all the adventures will begin. I love in the book of Revelation when it says of John, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. If you want to get to know Jesus, you're going to discover one thing. He's a voice in the presence. And when we begin to catch how he speaks, how we feel him speaking, sense him speaking, there are sensations, there are feelings, there are sentences, there are phrases, there are things that can just happen in a room and you go, that's God speaking to me. God's spoken to me through cloud formations again and again. And seen incredible things happen and you go, well, it's just a cloud. Yeah, but God spoke. Even in the book of John later on, it talks about some said it thundered. In other words, some said it was natural. Some said an angel spoke. In other words, they knew it's supernatural, but they couldn't discern it. Then others knew that's the voice of the Father. It's time to lift our discernment and begin to enter the adventures of the voice of God. All the things we long for in life are hidden in the voice. Your destiny is in the voice. You want to go find your destiny? It's in the voice that's in the presence. I remember um, I was at a prayer retreat place. Again, I was having a, a month just to pray and be with God. And it was in Hunstanton. Anybody know Hunstanton? Norfolk. Way. Oh, lovely big beach, right? And, uh, and I'm there. And I'm about three weeks into my time of prayer with God. And the genuinely long-term prayer times go through great, nice bits and then kind of boring valleys. And you've got to endure the valleys to get to the next bit in God. If only there was a cable car, from to, that'd be really nice, wouldn't it? And I was in the middle of one of my valleys thinking, okay, I'm having this month with God, bit of a boring bit. And I'm looking out the window of the retreat center and there's a golf course there. Now, I'm not very good at golf, but it looked more inviting than my boring prayer time. So I'm looking out thinking, it will be awesome 
Let's go and have a little round of golf right now. God, would you come with me? And as I'm looking out the window, suddenly I can't see the golf course anymore. I see what looked to me to be American Indian children, and they're screaming at me in a vision. And they're screaming, ah! And then something rises up in my spirit, and I begin to call back to them. Have you ever watched Dances with Wolves? You know, at the end of the movie, when Dances with the Wolves and stands with fists to heading off on it, you know, to, to the horizon, and, and one of his friends is up on a horse, and he's singing over Dances with the Wolves and stands with fists, and he, he's singing, and it means Dances with the Wolves is really cool, he's my friend, and all this kind of stuff. Well, I'm looking out this window going, and my head's going, shut up, you blonker. There was about three people in the room, I think, no. For about five minutes. After about five minutes, it dies down. I turn around thinking, what do my friends think? And as I look at them, the Spirit of God comes on me. I begin to dance like an American Indian across the room. There was a seat over here, just where you are. And I thought, if I can get my bum on that seat, I'll hold myself down. I won't move anymore. I get to the seat. I sit on it. It's like an electric bolt goes back up through my bum. I'm back up again. Back and forward five times, I fall into the spirit of embarrassment on the floor. I lay there twitching. I said, if I twitch, they'll think it's God. Something's gone on in my spirit that I don't understand. And I'm lying there thinking, you plonker, what are you doing? For several years, I'm trying to, God, what was this weird vision about? But you see, in the presence, there's a voice, and all the power is in the voice. Your destiny is in the voice. And I came across a little bit of voice in the presence of God. For several years, I I looked up American Indian ministries. I was looking at various things. And then several years later, I've exhausted myself now. I find myself, I'm in the Colombian desert with a friend. And I walk into this school classroom and I see this group of kids and I go, it's you. Today we feed, clothe, educate over 1,500 of those children every week in seven or eight schools along the Colombian coast and out into the desert. Your strategies won't come from your head. They come from the presence of God. There's destiny in the voice. There was a Russian pastor who was trying to start a Bible school. He was, he was disappointed that only three people have, had applied for it. And he's in prayer one day. And as he's praying, just the voice of God comes to him out of the blue and says, go to the train station now. She's like, no, God, leave me alone. Because let's be honest, most of the time you don't know whether it's God or not. You're kind of going to go, pizza or God, whichever you are, leave me alone. <laughs> Come on, that's what it feels like, isn't it? But when it keeps coming like the waves of the sea on the shore, you know it's God. Okay, he'll gen- he, won't, he won't coerce or manipulate or rush. He'll just keep gently coming, and he'll keep coming back to you. So he's there with this, go to the train station, go to the train station. In the end, he goes to the train station. He arrives at the train station. There on the platform is a family looking a bit lost. So he thought, well, I'll help them. He walks up and says, do you need any help? And through, <laughs> they ended up talking in English because it's the only language that they all understood. And this family, the woman said, so my husband is a businessman and a landowner. This is going to sound strange, but several months ago, God said that we need to sell everything that we had and come stand on this train station and a man will come and collect us for a Bible school. I guess you're it. So we took him back. Guess that was it. 
A few days later, he's in prayer again, and the voice of God comes to him. Go to the train station. He goes to the train station, picks up another couple. Over 140 people over the next couple of months just come to the train station under the guidance of God. Destiny is in the voice. You want to turn this from just presence in church services into power, adventure, kingdom, destiny. It's all in the voice. You don't have to become more clever. I mean, study, do it. But listen, the adventure is still going to come from the voice. Study to get to know him better so that the adventures can outwork more. Destiny is wrapped up in the voice. Salvation is in the voice. There was a young Indian lad, and he was just learning how to hear God's voice and living in a rural part of India. And he's settling down for bed one evening, and God says to him, I want you to go and stand under that tree. And in his mind's eye, he can see the tree. He knows the tree that God means. He's saying, but this curfew, I can't go out. God just said, I'll protect you. Go. So he heads out. And, and manages to dodge the guards and the police. And he stands under this tree. And right, what do I do now, God? Preach the gospel. It's pitch black out there. He's thinking, am, am I preaching to the cows? Who's going to get saved? But he goes for it. He preaches the gospel starting with Adam and Eve all the way through to Revelation, the fall of man, Jesus dying on the cross. He does the lot. And then he's getting near the end and God says, give an altar call. He's like, there's, there's nothing here, honestly. I can't even hear cowbells. But he says, okay, well, if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice and you need to give your life to Jesus today, make yourself known to me. And from the top of the tree, he hears, okay, okay, I'm coming down. <laughs> Crawling out of the tree comes this young man with a noose in his hand. He said, I came here tonight to kill myself. And as I sat in the tree preparing, you appeared. And you talked about my life from beginning to end, and I want to give my life to Jesus. There's salvation in the voice. All the adventures. There's miracles in the voice. I remember being in this one church service, a respectable church, a good church. So I try and behave myself when I go to a respectable church. I don't feel that way here. Is that okay? But I, but, I, but I was a good boy in this church. I preached my sermon when I stood on the front row. They're singing the closing hymn. And as they're singing the hymn, there's a tap on my shoulder. And this lady, tears streaming down her face, she said, would you pray for me? I said, yeah, of course. So I, I prayed for her. Then other people come to the front. And, uh, and so the elders start to pray for people. It's lovely. People getting touched by God, healed, backsliders coming back to Christ. Lovely. And so we then stood 10 minutes later in this pregnant sense of the presence of God. And while I'm there, just kind of, Looking at God, enjoying him. We just sung this hymn. and I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the presence of God. And then it happened. God said to me, run. I said, no. He said, run. I said, why? He said, run. I said, where? But again, like the waves of the sea on the seashore, run. 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 Has your body ever started to do something your mind disagreed with? Well, I headed off down, there's about five aisles in this place. I headed off down the far aisle, arms out like this, shouting, drink from the river. Again, my head is going, you idiot, run straight out the back door and never come back. I'm running up the side here. I look across, there's a young 17-year-old girl running up the middle aisle. I thought, thank God, another idiot, there's two of us. She ran around, I ran up, ran up onto the platform. I picked up a glass of water. Now, a glass of water in the hands of anyone even slightly prophetic is dangerous. I looked for the most miserable part of the congregation, which happened to be here. I apologize. Threw the water, realized what I'd done, and started running again. 
I ran all the way around and I fell under the spirit of embarrassment again on the floor. I'm lying there going, what a plonker. What's going on? I end up going back to that church a week later. I avoided the morning meeting. I ended up, you know, manipulated into the evening one. So I'm there in the middle of the worship. They say, we're going to have testimony of what God did last week. I was thinking, I want to hear what God did last week. People shared various testimonies of when the elders were praying for them and stuff going on. Then this young 17-year-old girl got up. She said, last week, well, as you know, I've had ME for seven years. I can normally make the first service. I don't tend to come to the evening service. But last Sunday afternoon, God spoke to me. See, all the adventures are in the voice. Last Sunday afternoon, God spoke to me. He said, I'm going to go to church tonight. I'm going to make you run, and I'm going to heal you. She said, but God, we don't run in our church. I, I, I thought, what church do you run in? I don't know. Chris Akabusi's church? I don't know. What church can you run in? She said her words now, the way she put it, I looked up and saw Jared running. And as I saw him, the power of God came on me. I ran up the middle aisle and God did a healing work in my life. See, it's all in the voice. When we hear the voice and begin to live with the adventure of, oh, I think God just spoke to me. That's where all the adventures begin to happen. I mean, Jesus did wild stuff. Mark chapter 7. He spits on people. Should we do it now? I think I've got a good one. It's there. He did it. Our perfect example. Now, the thing is, we think it's all about method and religion. So I am actually shocked that there isn't a first church of the spitting saints. Because it's what we tend to do. We go through phases when people can't pray without a stick or have a meeting without a shofar because we fall for method over relationship again and again. But the adventure's in the voice. What's he saying now? Can you imagine the first church of the spitting saints? The healing meetings where you turn up with sou'westers and umbrellas and the elders all line up. Is it more powerful with green in? I don't know. Just making sure you're awake. He did wild stuff. I remember visiting a church a year after sharing a message that included the Mark 7 incident in it. Because it must be because Jesus was following his father. That's how Jesus ministered. I can imagine that God the Father's in heaven with Gabriel and Michael going, so what should we get him to do this time? Because <laughs> just think of it. They've always sat up there going, okay, big city. What should we tell them to do? Shout. Let's see if the choir can cope with it. Shout at the city and it'll fall. Naaman, go wash in the Jordan seven times. It's like there's something divine about it. Let's have a bit of fun with this. So I shared about Mark 7. Jesus spat on people. He didn't do it repeatedly. He didn't make a religion or a denomination or a stream out of it. It was a one-off relational thing. I went back to this church. A little old lady came up to me and said, I did what you said. I said, what did you do? She said, I spat on someone. I said, no, it was an example. You're not meant to do it. You're meant to follow the voice. She said, it's okay. It works. I said, what? What do you mean it works? She said, well, I was in this church. It wasn't my church. I thought that helps. I was in this church, and this little lady came and sat next to me, and God said, the woman sat next to you is deaf. I want you to spit in her ear, and I'm going to heal her. So I turned, and I said to the woman, excuse me, are you deaf? And the woman said, pardon? No. <laughs> I, made that, I made that up. That is not true. That is not true. She said, are you deaf? She said, yes, I'm deaf in one ear. Well, God's told me to spit in your ear, and he's going to heal you. I would have been, not without a blood test, strange lady. Right? 
But she said yes. She took a bit of spit on her fingers, put it on her ear, and God opened her ear. All the adventures are in the voice. Healing is in the voice. Miracles are in the voice. Salvation's in the voice. Destiny is in the voice. You're getting it. It's real simple, I suppose, ultimately. Oh, this is a good example of it. I was ministering at this conference, and I got some words of knowledge for healing. And so we ended up with a row of about 12 people at the front for healing. And so I, I walked over to the first one, having got the words of knowledge right. It's amazing how we can miss it when we've had it one second before. I walk up to the first one, prayed. Nothing happened, so I went to the next one. Outside, I looked like a man of God. Inside, I'm going, nothing's happening, Jesus. So I thought, I'll say Jesus louder. Jesus, right? I'll shampoo their hair. I'm on about the fourth person. Nothing's happening. And I don't get it because I got the word of knowledge right. But now there was no power. So in, outside, I'm looking like a man of God. Inside, I'm going, God, what's going on? And God said these words to me. You are on autopilot. You started listening. And then you stepped into form and method. You left the voice behind when you thought you had enough to get the job done. And you've just stepped back into religion in a moment. It's what we do again. And then we discredit the supernatural. Listen, we've got to become mature in the supernatural. And so I said, look, I'm going to start to pray again. Just I'm going to listen to God this time. And I went back to the first one. I said, right, God, what are you saying to do? And God said, I want you to blow on her. I say, God, I had garlic last night. She's going down, whatever. <laughs> but in, in the end, I plucked up the courage and I blew and the power of God came. The next one, or a couple along, I can't remember exactly. And it was this lady. She looked beautiful. She was an elder's wife kind of looking. Do you know what I mean? All dressed up. And God, what do I do? He said, I want you to say, unclean spirit, come out. <laughs> anyway, I managed to get it in there and the power of God came. Um, there was one where I literally, I stood and I said, God, what do you want me to do? This is the biggest test of faith ever. Nothing. Just stand there. And we stood there for 30, 40 seconds, and then poof, the power of God came. There were people in that row healed of incurable diseases. One woman fell back onto the floor. As she hit the floor, she entered a vision is the way she, she wrote it to me afterwards. And I found myself walking in a garden is what she said. And I met a man in the garden who turned around, showed me the nail prints in his wrists and said, I did this for you. The moment he said that, I was healed of an incurable stomach disease. Where is the authority and the power? It's in the voice. If we just get back to the voice of God every single day, if we train ourselves, if we learn to get open a pad and a pen every single day and begin to write down, this is how it works, what we think God might be saying. You see, his voice is stirring in us all the time. It's not that we don't hear, it's that we don't discern. If only we discern what the voice of God is saying, boy, the power and the presence of God will be released in our lives again and again. One of the elders in our church it was an elder's wife, actually. I can tell you that one. Okay, we're coming into land, all right? Um, one of the elder's wives, she had terrible arthritis, and she's praying to God, and she'd done everything that you try to do when you're praying for the sick, and no, nothing would shift it. Then one night before God, be, 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 before bed, God said to her, I want you to put lemon juice, lemon juice on your joints, and I'm going to heal you. And she's like, lemon juice? You know, like, so she went and got the pancake stuff. You know what I mean? And she squirted them on all her joints and woke up the next morning healed. Lemon juice does not heal arthritis any more than the waters of the Jordan heal leprosy, any more than even the spit of Jesus can open a deaf ear or make a mute tongue speak. 
But when the voice of God meets our trust and obedience, it is how the power of God moves from internal to external. It's through obedience. When we obey, the voice of God steps from inside of us into a place of impacting the world around about us. Adventures with the voice. Are you ready for an adventure with the voice? I mean, I loved this morning. I love telling people about the Holy Spirit. I love it when people are overwhelmed by the presence of God. But listen, the great adventure is in the voice, not in the being overwhelmed. It's when we begin to step out and go, right, I'm going to live this great adventure in the voice of God. That's when it gets exciting. And we've got to get a bit of bravery going on. Right, but the better you get it here in the voice of God, the braver you'll get because it becomes more about obedience than bravery when the voice of God catches us. One story just to finish. Um, uh, I, I grew up in and around boats in Gibraltar. I looked after uh, boats. My first job was on a Mediterranean marina. Then I came back to England and I worked on Hull Marina. <laughs> but, but when I was in Gibraltar, I, I, you know, I looked after boats like Simon Le, Bo Simon Le Bon's boat drum and things like that and uh, some of the boats off the Bond movies and stuff. So I, some years ago, I got invited to go on this yacht sailing around the Greek islands. And I was like, this would be cool. And it, was, it was a free trip, so I was up for it. So I end up in the Greek islands. I know you hate me already, but I end up in the Greek islands sailing around. And this one particular evening, we normally stay in these little coves because it's cheap and easy and free. And, but the cove we got to was busy and full. So Skipper, who looked like D'Artagnan from the Three Musketeers, he got us around the table and said, guys, we can't stay here. There is a cove I know will be free, but it's four hours through the high sea, it's getting rough out there, it's getting late, it's getting cold. Are you okay to motor across to this other cove? And as well as, you know, being ministers around the table, it wasn't just anointing. There was testosterone around the table too. So we were like, come on, let's go for it. So we headed out into the high seas and it got rougher and rougher and rougher. And one by one, the various ones, you know, started to look greener and greener. There was a big black African pastor from London. By the end of it, he stuffed himself in the toilet and he was just being sick the whole way. An Indian friend of mine, never seen him look so white. He was just lying on his bed. Ah, oh, one of the worst days of his life. I looked at the boat. It was a yacht. It had three masts pointing up and one pointing out the front called the bowsprit. Does that make sense? A bowsprit pointing out the front of the boat with a net underneath it. And I'm looking, where should we go? The last place to go is downstairs into the hold. And, I, and oh, wow, cool. And um, so I'm looking, should we go there, there, there? No. And then I look at the bowsprit and I said to a friend of mine, Simon, Let's tie ourselves to the bowsprit. I mean, if it's going to be rough, you might as well have fun. <laughs> so we jumped out onto the bowsprit, and we lashed ourselves to the bowsprit, and for about three and a half hours, we screamed ourselves silly. We told stories. We laughed. We were up in the air. And then it got rougher and rougher. The first time my bum hit the water, I did start to pray. Bum, and then up again. Oh, Jesus. You know, down again. Oh, mummy. You know, I mean, anybody. I'd have prayed to anyone at that point. Three and a half hours. After three and a half hours, we were hypothermic. And we crawled off the bowsprit back onto deck as our white and green friends came up from the hole down below. And we looked at each other. I said, Simon, that was one of the best three and a half hours of my life. It was amazing. Then we looked at our friends who'd been down in the hold. And they were like, that was one of the worst moments of my life. Same journey. Different position. Position is everything. 
and, you know, taking this journey of the moving of the Holy Spirit and God and his kingdom come. It can be a great adventure or we can live it in fear of the voice of God. Because what if he tells me to do something I don't want to do? Listen, can I tell you, can I remind you, he's your loving father that knows your level. And if I'm really honest, you'll have to take this from the tapes, but tapes, CDs, whatever it is that you do. I've probably said no to God more times than I've said yes. Am I allowed to say that? Well, only if I've got a real congregation among me, right? Don't don't pretend to be the holiness capital of the world. (laughs) I think my father is trying to train me in the miraculous, to grow me. In fact, he doesn't want me to do wild, silly stuff to start off. He's actually going to give me very simple things to do to learn to hear his voice and prove that it really is him and not exhibitionism or some kind of craziness. As I learn to grow in God, the adventure will grow in God. It'll get more and more exciting as I walk with him. But what I must do is tie myself to the bowsprit of fearlessness and say, God, I'm up for the adventure. God, I'm up for the fun. I refuse to live a boring Christian life. I'm going to run in the voice of God until the kingdom of God moves from inside of me to outside of me. And the way that happens is through his voice. People, who wants to tie themselves to the bowsprit this afternoon? Come on. Come on, come on. Don't be a boring crowd. Don't be a boring crowd. Listen, listen. When we get to heaven, which for some of us is sooner than others in the room, when we get to heaven, there is going to be thousands of Christians with shiny armor marching into heaven singing sweet little songs, and they'll have done sweet nothing with their armor. Oh, when the saints... Go marching in. They'll be, they'll, be, they'll be heading into heaven with polished armor. I don't want to be that guy. When they're about to close the pearly gates, on the horizon, you might see someone with half a helmet of salvation just about on their head. A little bit of a sword of faith left. Blood up their legs. Running, jumping into heaven at the last minute saying, made it. God, I used everything you gave me to use. I used the armor, the faith. I used the word. I used salvation. I tried to raise the dead. I tried to prophesy to parliament and to politicians. I tried to influence business. God, I used your voice. I made mistakes, but I was out to serve people and love people, so it always worked out okay in the end. God, I lived the adventure. I refused to enter heaven from the plains of mediocrity, being a bored Christian that does nothing with what they've got. Listen, divinity is inside of you. How do you get it onto the outside? Begin the adventure of the voice of God. Don't roll on carpets till he comes back again. That's not what it's about. His power will come on you to make you witnesses all around the world. And wherever we go, carrying the oil of heaven, the kingdom will come. How will we get the oil from the inside to the outside? The voice of God. All of the adventures are in the voice of God. Somebody say, yabba-dabba-do. Come on, stand up with me. We're going to end. Jesus, did you get something from that? Oh, I preached myself sweaty there. So where are you? God, I love your presence, but I'm hiding in the hold. I really don't want to be too brave. God, I love your presence, but... I don't understand all this ministry stuff. Or is it, God, I love your presence, and now I want your presence to move from inside of me to outside of me with power. 
And I recognize that the link is hearing your voice and doing what you say. That's how the kingdom moves from spirit to flesh in the world. That's how we move from heaven to earth, the voice of God. So when God says, shout, I'll give you the city. Somebody somewhere heard that and said, guys, if we shout, heaven will come to earth. So they shouted and heaven came to earth. Samuel knew all the paraphernalia of ministry. He was working in the temple, but he did not yet know God. It's possible to be around church and not know God. It's possible to lie on the floor and feel his presence, but not have begun the adventure of knowing God. I want to challenge you this morning. Come on, join the adventure of the voice of God. Close your eyes wherever you are. Father God, we thank you for your presence here in this room. Wherever you are, drink, drink of his presence. Drink, drink, drink of his presence. And now I want you to identify as you feel his presence filling you. There is a voice in the presence that is the most important part of his presence. You get flickerings of words and pictures and feelings, sensations. And we need to begin the adventure of grasping what he's saying, how he's saying to do it. So let the Spirit of God settle on you right now. There he is. Some of you, he's giving pictures now. Jesus. Shakya, Brianda, Loria. Adventure. 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 If you want to start the adventure, just raise one hand in the air and put one hand on your heart. That's it. That's it. That's it. Reach up for the adventure. God, we don't want to be down in the hold. We want to be up on the bowsprit. In work, in school, with our homes, in our churches, in our outreaches. Let us cherish the voice of God. Cherish the voice of God. Cherish the voice of God, dear Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Trust your daddy. For he won't get you to do something you can't do. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. I just want to 
increase the intensity of the presence of God in this room. I want you to do something with me. This is how we enjoy the presence of God together. Can you begin to pray in tongues or sing in tongues or speak in tongues? And you're going to sense the intensity of presence increase. That's it. That's it. That's it. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Now rest and let his presence fill you. Jesus, let his presence fill you. Jesus, Jesus. You're looking for the voice in the presence. The messenger of his presence saved them. For some it will be a word, for others a sentence, for others a paragraph, for others a picture. What's God saying to you? Use the peace of your spirit to test them. Use the knowledge of the word of God to guide him. God speak. Speak.
Speak. Speak. Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. Now, I know we had a word of knowledge about healing earlier. Graham, do we want to bring that up now? Is I think we're just going to go into a little bit of a section of following God together and praying for some healing. Is that okay? You ready for some fun? Yeah? You gone sleepy on me? Okay, good. Yeah? Go go for it. Paul, yeah, share, share what you felt. Um, yeah, so I just really felt that um, there was going to be somebody here today that had kind of made um, a bargain with God. They were like, if if somebody comes up and says something or calls somebody out, then then they'll know that God wants to do something, that God wants to move in their situation. I felt it could be linked to healing or I felt it could be linked to some other circumstance in their life. So um, I wanted to, to try and be specific. So I was asking God for either kind of like a body part if it was healing or a name or something like that to identify the person. So the name I got was Marion. Um, so that may be your name or it may be the name of someone that you want to pray for or what. I'm not sure, but I just feel there's somebody here that's kind of said, if somebody gets up and says something like this, then I'll know you want to move and God does want to move in your circumstances. So if that's you, then come forward. We'd love to pray for you. Anybody want to respond to that yet? Just give us a little wave. Is there, a, is there a Marion here, or you know a Marion? My mum's called Marion, could be me. Interestingly. Say again. But do, So why don't you chat and see if the word connects to begin with? Would you, either you go to the back or, yeah, if you just meet by the PA desk, I think you probably, and let's work out with that one. I just feel for people, um, back problems down the left-hand side, kind of here. Anybody now is easy in a crowd. You don't need a word of knowledge for a back problem in a crowd this big. But we're going to begin with back problems. So particularly going down the left-hand side at the back. Who's got that kind of problem? Just give us a wave. Pop out here for a second. Um, <clears throat> migraines, pain behind the eyes. Would you, anybody, give us a wave? Yeah, coming out here. at Nightmares, uh, dream, tremors, that kind of thing. Um, what's the thing where you stop breathing in the night? What's that called? Anybody, sleep apnea right now. Come out here in Jesus' name. Um, uh, depression. Depression and anxiety. Someone here is suddenly come upon you. You can't find the reason for it. it. There's a spiritual attack going on. Somebody, just give me a wave. Uh, it does not make sense. Anxiety. Coming out here right now. Uh, let's, um, if you're in pain, take a step forward to the... Uh, only those in pain to begin with, take a step forward to the platform. Anyone in pain? Anyone in pain? Just take a step forward if you're in pain. Um, somebody dislocated your shoulder and it hasn't repaired and kind of relaxed easy. Who's that? Give me a wave. Coming out. Oh, coming out. Hey, Brie. Yeah, coming out, coming out. Can you just help this lady so she's got space to come out here? Brilliant. Uh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hmm. Uh, IBS-related type stuff too, stomach stuff coming out here in Jesus' name. In Jesus. If you're in pain, make your way to the front. We want the people in pain uh, f first in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Uh, what's your name? Christy. Are you in pain right now? Yeah, coming up here. 
Now, where are you in pain? Yeah. Up. A nerve problem here. I've got a nerve problem here. Yeah. Um, it's like little electric shocks come across into my hip okay. and down my leg. All right, should we do something? So, step one prayer. I'm just going to hold your hand. All right, I tend not to put hands on heads these days because hair is just too precious, don't you think? <laughs> and besides, another little ministry trick. I don't want people to feel that I'm pushing them over. I'm kind of anti that. Um, you know, I, I, if God comes, that's fine, but it's got nothing to do with the psychology of me pushing you back and forth with your head. Okay, just close your eyes. Let the Holy Spirit come on you right now. There he is. There he is. We command this condition to be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Okay, stop. Test it. Just would you have a little wiggle? Tell me if it's any different. Be completely honest with me. You don't have to make the preacher feel good. It's exactly the same, isn't it? Yeah, all right. Face that way. I need a lady. Uh, lady ministry team. Uh, good, okay. Do, do show this lady. The other thing I tend not to do is put my hands on women's bodies, okay? We're in a different culture right now. I'm serious. I tend not to in all the ways I can. I use other people. Okay, so where's the pain? Could you just point to it? Put your hand exactly where the pain is right now. And I'm only going to put my hand on top of her hand, okay? In the name of Jesus. So I just, in the spirit, I, I see me doing this. Ow! In the name of Jesus. Right, have a wiggle. Have a little move. Tell me if there's any different. Be honest. It's different. Why? Because I saw me doing that. You'll never, there's not a technique. There's not a school of pull out the pain, okay? But if God shows me to do that, I'll do it. Put your hand there again because it's not gone completely yet, is it? No. In Jesus' name right now, I just pull that pain and I remove it from your body right now in the name of Jesus. Out in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Do you notice how short I'm praying for as well? Really important. Just pause. Have another little wiggle. How's it feeling? It's getting better. It's getting better. Okay, in Jesus' name, we just remove this right now. In Jesus' right now. Just stretch your hand out. Looks so cool, doesn't it? It's like Jedi Knights. In Jesus' name, we command it to lift out of her right now. Let this presence of God come on you. It's easing. It's easing. Linda, are you in pain right now there on the front row? Yeah, come over that side. And I need another lady to help me. I need another lady to help me on the ministry team. Jesus. Which, which hip? That's down there. Oh, well, that's exactly the, the, the first area that I felt about. All right, put your hand, put two hands, in fact, upper and lower. That, that's it, like that, in Jesus' name. There he is. He's filling you right now, and we're just lifting that out of you right now in the name of Jesus. Let it continue to ease, Christine. We lift it out of you right now in the name of Jesus. Gone. In Jesus' name. In Je now, Linda, look at me. I just see you looking at me, and then try and lift that leg with me. Command it to ease now. Is it easing? Just be honest. I don't care about that. Is it easing? Yeah, yeah, just, that's it. Just work with me. Father God, we just command this to lift out of her right now. Try and stay standing, all right? Fight the urge to fall. In Jesus' name, we lift it out of you right now. And there's some other stuff lifting out of you. It's almost like, like, like there's some area of mourning lifting out of you, okay? There's like an emptiness that's lifting out of you. God's doing something in your spirit, and it's almost like something's happened in your soul that's attacking your body or connected to your body. Let's put it that way. That's a bit nicer. In the name of Jesus, lifting out of you right now. There's a healing going on right inside you. There it is. Let it out. 
in Jesus' name. Right deep in your soul. It's just a heaviness that's lifting. There's a heaviness that's lifting right now. It's coming out in Jesus' name. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. In Jesus' name, we command it. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Christine, have a little move. Tell me, how is it? A lot better? Gone completely? Oh, I don't know. It has gone completely. There you go. Go and take a seat. Are you in pain, David? Just... Are you in pain right now? Are you in pain right now? Yeah. What, what is it? The shoulder thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel to do a Smith Wigglesworth. Is that okay? So I'm going to punch. No, I'm kidding. I'd... Lord. I hope God never says that to me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I don't mind if it's accurate, to be honest, but it's all the trial runs I'm not so interested in. Anybody on my planet? Come on. God's just doing, stay right there. He's just something lifted out of you. There it is. He's doing it in you right now. Okay. I remember praying for this one guy, and it was like he'd had an injury. He was actually an NFI pastor. He came to our church. He'd been in a car crash. And he came for healing on a Sunday night. And I, I went up behind him. And this is where prophetic healing is different to an evangelist healing. The prophetic healing is you're always working with the voice because that's how power comes for most people apart from an evangelist, okay? So with, with the voice of God, I'm always going, so what do you want me to do? I'm not going to presume it's hand on, Jesus, whatever. Um, and I just saw this man's neck and back in a frame, like it was in a cage. And I said, okay, so I can see that with my mind's eye. It wasn't an open vision. What do you want me to do? And God said, pull it off. So I literally grabbed the air behind him here and pulled. And as I did, he convulsed. He didn't even know I was pulling and was instantly healed. Am I saying that there was a frame on his back? No. I'm just saying, just as you got to shout at the walls of Jericho or wash in the Jordan, God sometimes gives us little faith things. Do this, and I'll do that. Okay? Father God, right now, I just see it just lifting off you. Dave, can I just have a, a man or two, just in case he's acrobatic? In the name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus right now. I just pull that off you now. Go! In the name of Jesus. That's it. Ease. 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 Feeling any different? Yeah, that's a bit looser. We command it to loosen up in the name of Go in the name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus. <clears throat> in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name Go. Okay. Out. That's it. Out. Is it gone? Yeah. Yeah. Out. Right, we command the click to go now. Go in the name of Jesus. No more click, click, click. In the name of Jesus. Go. Jesus. <sighs> Hold him up. Don't let him fall. How's it going? Easing? Keep, keep standing there. You pray for him, okay? How are you doing with your... Yeah? What about the pain here? Is it... Well, are you in pain or not? Yeah. Oh, it's not a pain thing in that way, is it? Yeah, okay. Keep, keep, keep your hands in it. Keep praying. Okay, um, who else is in pain here near the front? Someone in pain. You in pain. Where are you in pain? Down your spine and your hips. Can, 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 you, you, can you stand at all? A couple of friends. You just, just come here. That's all right. In Jesus' name. You don't have to. It's fine. You want to, don't you? 
You know, come on then. Why not? Let's have fun, can't you? Okay. Oh, well, maybe you will in a second. Should we do that? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Julie, right now, we just, that's it. A couple of people around about. Hold her up. Don't let her fall, okay? In Jesus' name, right now, we just command you to be healed. I take control at the very root cause of this pain, this dislocation, this shifting in the name of Jesus. And I remove it. Go in the name of Jesus right now. Let the Holy Spirit fall on you. <sighs> Drink him in. Drink him in. I command you to be healed. All pain, leave now in the name of Jesus. Hmm. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. That's it. Julie, just look at me a sec. You're lovely. You are. Just look at me. You know, Jesus sometimes said, look at me and things like that. Because sometimes I think we go into spiritual things when, you know. But I, God just says you're wonderful. Now, I just see the Holy Spirit filling you right now. And there's like a dignity flooding who you are. And as it does that, God's lifting something off you. Almost like a kind of a heaviness that's been there. And, and it's, it's not quite shame, but it's like I feel devalued and I devalue myself. And I just feel there's a lifting and a dignity coming because of God. Okay? Look at me. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Let your Father's love fill you right now in the name of Jesus. I command you to be healed. Now have a little move. See if it's any different. Just be really honest. Don't have to make anything up. Hold her elbows, would you, while she does, just so she can feel a bit of confidence. I command you to be healed in the name of Jesus. In the, do you feel any difference whatsoever? You feel giddy. That's just the Holy Spirit. Okay, wait there for a second. We're going to keep praying. How are you doing? Yeah, the, you had pain there. It's going from there as well. Well, that's good, isn't it? So, listen, we're having fun, but I want us all to have fun. If anybody is in any pain in this room right now, raise your hand high. All of you around about them, head for those people with hands in the air. And I want you to go pray. Here's the guardrails. No spitting on people, no punching them. All right, but I don't want you to go into the mode of putting your hands on them and telling God what's wrong with them. He knows. I want you to hear God and pray for them gently and with respect. Is that okay? Come on, go jump for it. Shift around. Find someone with a hand in the air. We command pain to leave bodies. And there's quite a few gathered here. Come and help us, some people. Come on, let's move from the voice of God to stepping into the adventure. In G Every bit of pain leave you. There's an overhaul going on in you in Jesus' name. That's it. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. <sighs> right now, <clears throat> in the name of Jesus, we release healing. In the name of Jesus. In the name Go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's it. That's it. Let him fill you. He's doing something in your heart right now. But Father God, we want it to move through a whole body by a movement of your spirit. <sighs> right across this room, we command pain to leave. We speak to the root cause. We command healing to flow, restoration to flow in the name of Jesus. Just lift your hand up high if you haven't had somebody with you yet. A couple of ladies here, please, a guy there. Jesus. 
Can we Jesus. make sure we're praying, serving everybody well? Anybody over this side? Just keep your hand raised high. You haven't got anybody with you yet. In the name of Jesus, there's grief leaving lives this afternoon. I can feel it. There's a grief leaving lives right now. And it's going to bring peace to your mind and healing to your body. Grief leaving lives. Jesus. Jesus, come on, we got pain leaving bodies, we got healing taking place, something shifting in lives. Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Okay, can we pause for a moment? Look at me if you can. How many people have experienced pain begin to leave? And you're up there. Give me a wave if you sensed a change. Look, look around the room. Wow. How many have sensed a complete removal of pain? Wave if all the pain's gone. Anybody here? Anybody here? Yeah, here, here. Anyone else? Okay. Okay, just look this way for a second. We got some more words and stuff to share, and we're just going to turn a corner a little bit. Go for it. Okay, cool. Um, so, uh, just experienced a, a pain in my chest, and I asked what it was, and I felt that it was sorrow. I feel it specifically for a married couple. So, if you feel that's you, I would really love to be able to pray for you. Okay. Jesus. Look, 
If there's, have you, is there anyone here with an incurable disease? You're facing a diagnosis that, naturally speaking, is coming out here. Anyone else? Because we've, we've had a word about that. And you're facing something a little bit more major than back pain. Coming up here. Um, that's it. Come here. Jesus, Jesus. A couple of ladies to help me, please. A couple of spirit-filled leaders. Come and help me. Just begin to lay hands on her now. Is it Jane or Janet? I can't see a Janet. In Jesus. Anyone else? You're facing a difficult diagnosis right now. Coming out here. This lady here, Laura. Have a couple of leaders with her too. Lady leaders would really help me. I'm just going to pray for these for a few moments. Then we're just going to turn a corner. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's another group of people I want to pray for in a second. So if you've finished being prayed for here, if you want to go back to your seat to give us a little bit of space at the front, if you're still receiving, then that's fine. You stay where you are. But if you've finished being prayed for, if I can get you to go back to your seats, there's a little bit of space here. There's another group of people I want to pray for just in a moment. I feel there's some more things that God wants to do before we finish our time together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Lord. Four more. We really want to ensure that today doesn't finish in this room, but continues of what God was doing. So if you are a leader 
in your church, and you can define that however you like. Can I get you to raise your hand? So if you are a leader in your church, can I get you to raise your hand to start with? Okay, if you've got your hand raised, can you come to the front now, please, real quick? I want to pray over you an impartation that you will take back to your church or your small group or your youth group, whatever it might be. Actually, we've learned some stuff today. We've encountered God afresh, but we don't want it to end when we finish our time here. If we could, can can we just take a step back if you're not a leader? We're just going to do this bit first because I want a straight line of leaders along here and nothing else between me and them. So leaders, eldership team, pastors, a straight line that I can get to. Is that okay? So that might mean, and head that way too. Um, just, just take a few steps back if you've been praying for other things or to the sides. Uh, I, I'm going to do something that I've never done before, okay? And it's because I don't want you to think this is a method that you just pick up and you do. Um, but I, I just feel there is a, 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 the sense of a mantle falling on an army that's rising up here. I sensed that this morning. And, um, and so I just want to release, you know, the old pictures of a jacket and the sense of a mantle being laid over. I'm going to do that along this line. And I just believe a new mantle and a sense of God is going to fall on us. Amen? You with me? So come on, get in a straight line. Oh, there's a lot of you, so we're going to have to do it quickly. Graham, do you want to say anything else? No? Come on then. Play that music loud, Maestro. Let's play it in Jesus' name. Everybody else, reach out your hands and pray for these leaders right now. Pray for them, pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. Father God, we release an impartation right now in the name of Jesus. We release an impartation right now in the name of Jesus. And Father God, we lay the mantle over them in Jesus' name. We lay the mantle over them. We lay the mantle over them in the name of Jesus. Impartation. 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 Drink. Drink. Impartation. Impartation. There's a new robe being placed on our lives in this season. We're being clothed in the things of the Spirit, being clothed in the strength of God, being clothed in the words of the Spirit of God. Boys, there he is, there he is. Drink deeply. Drink deeply. There's a change coming. Clothed, clothed. Clothed dreams and visions going to open up to you. Get a journal, begin to write down what God says. In the name of Jesus, we release a fresh mantle of the Spirit of God right now. Fresh mantle of the Spirit of God right now. As she came, he's laying a robe on every one of you. He's laying, I'm symbolizing, he's laying a robe on every one of you. He's dressing you differently for the next season. He's dressing you differently for the next season. He's dressing you differently. There he is. There he is. Come on, people, pray across this room. Jesus, keshi priando lori aboboshi kabobo shikabrondele. There he is. There he is. There he is.
Jesus. Come on, lead us, drink. Come on, lead us, show us how it's done. Drink, 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 drink. There are new clothes for the new season. There are new clothes for the new season. Stop studying your internals and begin to trust the clothing of the Holy Spirit. Trust the clothing of the Holy Spirit. Trust the clothing of the Holy Spirit. Stop studying your internals. Trust the clothing of the Holy Spirit. Trust His power. Trust His anointing. Trust His strength. Trust, trust, trust. New clothing. New clothing. New clothing. New day, new day. Spirit of the living God. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Pray this with me, everyone. My dear Jesus, I tie myself to the bowsprit for the adventure of hearing your voice. I will be as brave as I can, but I need your help. I need your mercy. I need your grace. I need your training. But I want to hear you every day. I want to step out every day. Until your kingdom comes. Until your kingdom comes. Until your kingdom comes. To my home. To my church. To my city. To my region. To my nation. God, take me on an adventure. God. Take me on an adventure. Lead me. Let the power of your spirit guide me. Transform us that your kingdom will come. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen and amen and amen. Come on, give God a hand. Give God a hand.